0: Hello, and welcome to Real Talk. I'm Susan Raff, and we have some exciting things and interesting things on our show, but today we want to talk about social media. And one of the things is that everyone has a phone, right? Everybody has a phone these days. Young, old, everybody's on it. If you have a teenager, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I have a teenage daughter. She's always on TikTok, always on Facebook, taking pictures. And, you know, we may not realize, but some of what they're looking at and what people are looking at them and collecting information uh, can be harmful. We've seen a lot of challenges uh, recently on TikTok, encouraging students to do damage at their school. And this is is an area of concern, and it's something that our Attorney General, William Tong, is concerned about and is doing something about, and we wanted to have him here on Real Talk to talk about what can be done uh, and how to make them more accountable and if that's really possible. So joining us on Real Talk is our Attorney General, William Tong. Thank you for joining us today on Real Talk.
1: Thank you, Susan. Thanks for having me. Uh, Welcome to the Attorney General's COVID bunker. This is where I I spent a lot of time on Zoom over the past couple of years and in a fleece and, um, you know, a a little cozier here, but, you know, frankly, I'd rather be in my office. Well,
0: I think that only highlights the fact that we're on our phones even more so now during the pandemic, right? So whether we're doing Zooms. Uh, We're working from home. Students were home a lot during the pandemic. Uh, Many are still hybrid. So, you know, our phones are really great. And there's some great things, uh, you know, you can find things, research things. But I think the social media aspect is concerning, has been for a long time. And you've taken some steps to try to make them more accountable. Is it possible, I guess, once the door is open, can you really do
1: that? Yeah, it has to be. Because as you said so much of our lives is not just on our phones. I have two phones, um, but on our devices. So phones, iPads, laptops, home computers, and it's hard to keep track of it all. And, and I've had some parents say to me, reacting to my work with respect to Instagram, Facebook, Meta, TikTok, um, Well, just take their phones away or, 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 take their iPads away. And, and the answer to that, of course, is how, right? I have 15, 13, and 10. Uh, so much of what they do for school is online. And, you know, there's there's been many times that we've, we've had a freak out here between me and my wife. We're both working parents. Who got the link, right, for class or the special project? Who's got the password for the you kids? Can't,
0: you, can't, you can't shut kids out from it. I mean, it's part Correct. of our, our world today. And so some would say, you know, well, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, kids looked at video games that were violent and not everybody, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an undercurrent here of information, right, that's being collected about our kids. Is it really harmful? And what can happen with that if these companies know so much about you that you're not aware
1: of? There are a number of big deals and, you know, we could talk about this for hours. The the biggest deal, of course, is potential harm to young people and their mental health um, and, and personal safety. So Instagram did a study of the effect of Instagram on young women. Instagram is the sort of hipper version of Facebook that Facebook and Meta own. We're conducting an investigation of Instagram right now on this very subject using our consumer protection Authority And what Instagram found is that if you're a young woman, and you're on Instagram, and you start looking for information about weight loss, for example, hashtag weight loss, hashtag thinner, you know, whatever terms you use, yeah, sure, you'll start to get some information about diets and weight loss. But what the algorithm does is it focuses on images and content that, that get you to engage, right? It wants to attract you to the platform because that's how they make money: getting eyeballs on the device, on the platform, and keeping you there. So they do that by sending you even more interesting and then controversial and sometimes shocking content to get you to engage and click on it. And that leads from weight loss diets to eating disorders to images of unnaturally thin people, Um, and and that can lead to bad self-image. Um, that can lead to depression, it can lead to self-harm or worse. And Instagram knows this, and it knows that the algorithm produces these results. And that's why we're conducting an investigation, because we want to know what is Instagram, Facebook meta doing to stop this from happening to young women? Again, I have 15 and 13-year-old girls in this house right now, my two daughters. They're the target generation. And what is it doing to protect us? And is it telling us the truth? about what it's doing and its algorithm.
0: Right, and you and I were recently or at uh, New Britain High School, you spoke to students who were really articulate, I thought, about um, all of this and uh, trying to get the message out to the rest of their students. Uh, But there's no question also that the more visible uh, threat uh, probably are these challenges, devious licks and other things, encouraging students to damage their schools, Uh, that's caused thousands of dollars of damage, not just here in Connecticut, but all across the country. And so, you know, when these things happen and uh, you come out and others say, well, you know, and then uh, TikTok says, well, that's wrong. We're going to take it down. How do you stop it from getting there in the first place?
1: So um, it's happening not just in Connecticut and New Britain High School, but across the country. It's resulted in vandalism, violence. It's dangerous. And we just had a potential threat last week that um, as far as we can tell, this is a new phenomenon, by the way. TikTok says it didn't see any evidence on its platform of threats against schools in America. But somehow it got out there uh, in the ether across Connecticut, across this country, that there might be threats on schools last Friday and people kept their kids out of school because of it. And it caused a, you know, something of a, Uh, you know, if not widespread concern, a panic, you know, in some places. So TikTok met with me as soon as the devious licks challenge led to the to the vandalism at New Britain High School. I said, you got to talk to me right away and tell me what you're doing. And I demanded a meeting. I got a meeting the next day, an in-person meeting. And they they went through chapter and verse, all of their content moderation. That's the word content moderation activities and infrastructure. That includes eyeballs uh, of their employees, thousands of people, they say, who look at the content and take it down. They also say they programmatically, right, they use the machine to identify images of guns, of drugs, right, of indecent or obscene material um, and words uh, that, they, that they clue in on and that the machine recognizes them and, and takes it down. I said to them, even if you are doing a lot, and it seems like you are, it's clearly not working. And um, that will be a struggle that they will have to contend with um, to try to make a platform and an algorithm and a system that protects young people and our families and our schools um, and and protects them from potential violence or vandalism or or worse. I don't think they figured it out yet is the short answer. I don't think they have good answers. I don't have good answers because I don't I don't run a social media platform. One answer I do have is that the federal government and Congress needs to amend section 230. Section 230 is basically the provision of federal law that insulates tech companies from liability for content on their platforms. Right? That's the big wall that protects these companies from legal exposure that wall has to come down and and i believe that tiktok facebook instagram meta google any of them um, that produce content apple produces content now uh, that they have to be accountable for the content on their platforms. And right. Because they if they behind section 230,
0: if there are, if there is more accountability and they could face litigation or fines, that might be an incentive to be more scrutinizing when it comes to that content.
1: Correct. Right. Um, Correct.
0: What can parents do? I, my takeaway at that uh, forum that I attended when you were speaking with uh, Senator Blumenthal and some of the students was that there there really aren't many filters, but the uh, social media companies kind of say, well, age, it's age appropriate. But is that enough? I mean, what can parents really do? Or is the answer really not much?
1: You, you can do the best you can day to day with your children and their devices and be an active parent. Um, I think that makes some difference. I think it's a losing battle for most of us, but at least you should put up a fight. Uh, you need to look at your kids' devices. You need to control the amount of time they use those devices. You need to control the apps that they use and decide for yourself and your children and your family what's appropriate. Okay. But the the best thing they can do, I think, is speak up. Speak up to senators and Congress and make a stink about it because, um, These companies like the big pharmaceutical companies, like uh, um, the cable companies, like the energy companies are extraordinarily powerful in Washington. They've They've got teams and teams and armies of lobbyists and the protections, the two broad protections in section 230 have to fall. And something has to change. And the only way it's gonna change is if members of Congress feel the heat from legislators and from from constituents, sorry. The reason why William Tong, the Attorney General, and other attorneys general are so active on this is because I have the ability to do something, right? I have the ability to send a subpoena, conduct an investigation, file a lawsuit, and I don't have to wait for anybody else, right? So that's why AGs are so active because when Congress is unable to, to do its job, to protect kids because of lobbyists and because you need a majority in the House and Senate and because of filibusters and all that, AGs can act. We can act more immediately, but it's not enough for us to act. We'd be the first to say that. We need Congress to take that action. And the only way we're going to do that is if parents across Connecticut rise up and say, this is important to us.
0: And you've asked them to come to Washington. I know Mark Zuckerberg came to, to Washington. What has been the the response of uh, TikTok or other uh, social, Instagram uh, to, you know, to come to Washington to answer more questions about, you, you know, know, what they can do to improve the content on their they, site.
1: They are, they, they do respond. For example, when Instagram, Facebook meta announced the launch of Instagram for kids, I pushed back really hard with a, my fellow AGs, because it was a colossally stupid idea. And, and finally they said, okay, we won't do it for now. And they backed down. Um, so, so things do happen. I do believe that our lawsuits against Facebook and Google on antitrust grounds move the needle. And I do believe that our investigation of Instagram is moving the needle um, but at the end of the day, I think it's still not enough. And I still think that Facebook um, is able, with its enormous resources, enormous deep pockets and wealth and lobbyists and armies of people, that they're able to stymie a lot of what we're trying to do. And that, that's going to be a long and protracted battle.
0: Right. So the bottom line, until things change... Uh, Parents just need to probably have open conversations with their kids about what they're looking at, and uh, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of recourse other than that having an open line of uh, communication, knowing what they're looking at, and trying to make sure that they have a healthy perspective. Uh, Well,
1: I think I think um, it's pretty hard to control the content and what they're looking at, and um, you got to do the best you can. I think you should assume that they're looking at a lot of stuff that really isn't appropriate, which is why you've got to control the amount of time and you've got to have honest conversations with them about what they're seeing, you know, even if it's not pornographic, right. Which a lot of it is frankly, and, and, um, But even if you're able to stop them or control the amount of obscene material that they see, it's the other bad message messages that you're seeing. As I mentioned before, eating disorders. Right. Um, um, Bad messages about their social interactions, about relationships, over sexualized images of young women, even if they're not obscene. Okay, even if, you know, TikTok's famous for their fun dances. Okay. And I'm often challenged by my kids to do a dance and I have so far avoided that embarrassing fate, but, <laughs> and, and, and people do them, but, but some of the dances by, especially the big celebrities on TikTok, you know, relies on over sexualized images of young people, including young women. And maybe, maybe I'm becoming uh, uh, too old and, and, and frankly, a fuddy-duddy of some, of some kind or another. But, and, and maybe it's true that there have always been over-sexualized images of young women in modern culture and media. That doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it any less harmful.
0: Well, I appreciate the word fuddy-duddy because I don't think I've heard that word in a very long time. So I, uh, I appreciate that's... that. And I wouldn't say you're a fuddy-duddy at all.
1: I'm getting there, though.
0: (laughs) I wanted to switch gears on uh, making another industry uh, more accountable, and that's the pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. industry. Uh, And we have a huge opioid problem in this country. We've lost a lot of lives. Yeah. And we know now that uh, the pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma certainly knew about uh, the addiction. Uh, You've taken them Mm -hmm. on. You were successful. Uh, About the Sackler family uh, that uh, ran it, owns it, uh, has claimed bankruptcy. So there's some new news coming out uh, that you've taken uh, this to another level. Tell me about that. How do you make them accountable?
1: So uh, what happened was Purdue Pharma declared bankruptcy. The Sacklers leveraged their enormous wealth and power, even though they're not bankrupt, they used the bankruptcy of the company to by themselves, basically a lifetime of immunity. I objected to that. Um, the bankruptcy court went along with that plan. I said, that's not okay. And even though 41 other AGs in our sister states signed on to the plan, I led a group of nine who said no. We appealed. We appealed the plan. I think most people thought that that would be a very uphill battle and we won. And so last week, um, the United States District Court in the Southern District of New York, which has jurisdiction over this, said that plan is wrong. And she threw it out. Um, Judge McMahon threw it out. And so um, we were able in this round to stop the Sacklers from abusing the bankruptcy process uh, to shield themselves for life. We're going to continue to fight that battle. Um, I've said Recently, it it just occurred to me: as long as I'm Attorney General, um, for however long the people of this state will honor me with that responsibility, I know I'll be working on the opioid and addiction crisis um, for many years. Because
0: yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, uh, it's the worst public health crisis in America, COVID notwithstanding. it, It is it is the most consistent and most damaging killer um, that, that has claimed almost 1400 lives in Connecticut this year and does more than $10 billion in damage. And just think about, sometimes we talk about force multipliers. Think about what that does, the damage that it does to our communities, our cities and towns. So I'm going to continue to fight the Sacklers. I'm sure they will appeal. We'll fight them on appeal. Um, I'm also, uh, part of the group that negotiated the $26 billion settlement with the three major drug distributors and Johnson and Johnson, that's going to bring in $300 million to Connecticut. I'm confident that that um, will get finalized and we'll start seeing that money flowing to Connecticut um, sometime next year. The final thing I'll say about this is, as I said before, this work will not stop just because we brokered a deal with the distributors just because you know, something happens with the Sacklers, uh, this work will continue. There's an addiction industry out there that makes money off of people's misery and causes untold amounts of death and destruction. We won a big round against the industry, against the Sacklers. This is a huge victory for accountability and justice, but we're not even close to done.
0: Right. And the lives really, I've met several people and, you know, we trust our doctors, right. And they give us a prescription. Um, I think it's better now. I know Connecticut passed legislation that I think you can only have a limited number uh, of pills. Uh, But that does not negate the fact that, you know, we trust our doctors, we take that. And then once you're hooked, it's really hard to get unhooked.
1: Not only is it hard to get unhooked, but Susan, you like me spend a lot of time in our work um, with victims and survivors and their families and whatever bad thing happens. Unfortunately, you see a lot of bad stuff and so do I. Uh, it's not just in opioids. And, and oftentimes you get a chance on a good day to sit with people who have overcome whatever the challenges. And, and in opioids and addiction, I've met with so many people who, who went to hell and back with their addiction, but they're doing okay. They're in recovery. They're working. They have some place to live. They're doing so much better. And these stories are inspirational. But in this context, when you're talking about addiction and you hear these folks tell their stories, at some point, it occurs to you, not everybody's going to make it. Right. Even the people that are doing well now, you know, God bless if they can keep it up, because many don't. And that's what's so hard about this.
0: I don't want to end our show on such a sad note, but I I appreciate, uh, you know, the, the input, because I think that people don't often realize, you know, how bad things can be for some people. Uh, so let's let's switch gears. It's the holidays. Um, and before I let you go, tell me what you're going to do for the holidays, get a little R&R with your family and try to get away from uh, all the stresses uh, out there.
1: So we've been scrambling to get tested before I see my 97 year old grandmother.
0: Oh, Terrific.
1: As usual on Christmas, my sisters and I and our families will convene at my parents in Glastonbury. There will be a very Chinese-American Christmas celebration with all kinds of Chinese food and and traditional, I guess, American, there's no better word for it, I guess, Christmas fair. There might even be a turkey, but but there's definitely going to be lots of Chinese food. I think my mom has ginned up some Chinese duck for us. Oh, and,
0: I'm making duck too, but I'll bet oh. yours is going to be better. <laughs> well, I don't know
1: it's going to be better, <laughs> <Just> but <laughs> I I will be, you know, splayed oh. out on the couch in front of some football game. I am sure basketball game, nearly comatose at having eaten way too much. And that's exactly what I am looking forward to.
0: Well, I wish you a very good holiday. I enjoy, I hope that you don't eat too much, although it sounds like <laughs> you might, but that's okay. I, I think I will.
1: I that's I will. okay.
0: Enjoy. Uh, that's great that you're uh, 97. Wow. That's terrific.
1: She's she's terrific. my grandmother. Uh, uh, when my parents were in the restaurant, my family's restaurant, seven days a week, 15 hours a day, Landy's son, my grandmother raised us when I was growing up. And uh, I owe everything about who I am to her. And um, she's wonderful. And 97, she's, she's in great shape. So excited to see her.
0: Well, happy holidays to you. And uh, someday we'll uh, compare notes and see if my, my Peking duck is as good as your Peking duck. Somehow (laughs) I'm thinking it's not, but that's good. We'll have wine and everyone will be happy. (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. Happy holidays
0: to you and your entire family.
1: Same to yours and happy new year.
0: Thank you. I'm Susan Raff. Thanks for listening on Real Talk and happy holidays.